Comfort Monk podcast. We've got Lisa Walker and Chuck Cleaver, dueling guitar players slash songwriters from the band Wussy. Ohio-based band. Cincinnati, right? Yeah. Nice. We talked a little bit about the Cincinnati grocery stores. Nice. You got any uh, standout grocery stores? Worth oh, they've got a good one. They've yeah. got a, a Jungle Gems. It's it's crazy. Nice. That's awesome. But yeah, uh, um, so we were kind of going down the wormhole of, you know, the bands that led up to Wussy. Um, so I guess Chuck was in a was in a project called the Ass Ponies in mm-hmm. the 90s. Um, were the other members in some notable projects before Wussy? Uh, so Lisa, kind of, Wussy was her first big thing. She was obviously a musician. Um, her dad is also a musician. Um, but I think Wussy was kind of her first band that she was in. You know, she she did some recording projects for people and stuff, but... But this is the first one that has, like, a, a decent recorded output. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, man, I love it. It's really cool stuff. Um, how, how the conversation go? This was the first time we've had two guests at one time, right? Yeah, it was great. They're, they're actually quarantining together, okay. them and their respective spouses, um, which has got to be a good time to make music if yeah. you can quarantine with your band. It's pretty awesome. Totally. I hope uh, they have a, a little bit of a recording setup at home to make that possible. Yeah, yeah, I think they do. Um, actually, looking back, uh, Brandon Hagen um, from Vundabar, he and his partner in crime, the, the drummer from Vundabar, uh, are also quarantining together. Nice. So maybe that was the move that everybody should have made. Just yeah. get together with the people. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's you know, in those cases, I mean, it, hopefully they're able to actually put something down, record something to where you can actually, you know, hear how the quarantine quarantine times went. Um, but even if they're just at home writing, I mean, that would be awesome to hear what they're coming mm-hmm. up with. Um, yeah, Chuck said he writes basically every day. But he said he writes a bunch of stuff that he doesn't like, so there's a, a big process of elimination there. But yeah, um, I hesitate to call them an Americana kind of band. They have a, a broad range of influences. Um, I've described them before as kind of a folk rock band playing with a sonic youth influence. Um, but even that, I feel like, is a little bit reductive. Uh, but it's accurate to to you know a large extent. I mean. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel like the slide player is one of the most sonic youth things about them, which is not what you would expect. You know, he's the one who's bringing in a lot of that, like, uh, sort of textural, uh, you know, tense kind of... Yeah, some washes of noise. Yeah, and... totally. I mean, at the end of that one song, we were watching, a, a you know, one of those, I don't know if it was KEXP or... It was KEXP. Yeah, um, I mean, the way he closed out the song, it was like... You know, you'll see a lot of bands have that real noisy guitar, uh, you know, like lean into just kind of like a noise freak out at the end. But he was doing that with without a whole lot of pedal usage, just with like his, uh, the way he was pressing down on that uh, lab still. He was like beating the hell out of it and it was making this wild racket on top of what they were doing. It's cool. I like it a lot. Yeah, really cool. We'll see... Uh has put out a lot of albums since they got together in the, I guess, the late aughts, you would say. Yeah, right um, around the time I moved to Columbia, 2009. Yeah, they're, they're one of the uh, one of the Midwestern gyms. Right. Yeah, this is our first uh, Ohio-based guest, or mm-hmm. really, I think our first Midwest guest, period. 
Um, I think so. So it's cool to be touching on a new part of the country. Unless you consider Minneapolis. Yeah, I guess that is. Mm. So we have a couple Minneapolis guests. Uh, one that has already come out being Tommy Stinson, and one that's coming out soon. We got Peter Jesperson on the show who uh, ran Twin Tone Records and managed the replacement, so that's coming down the pipeline too. Um, but thanks for listening, everybody. I'm excited about this one. Thanks to Eddie for always turning me on to some good new music. Um, but yeah, we'll let let the interview get going. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Y'all enjoy. How are you? Can you hear us okay? Yeah, sounds great. Awesome. awesome. Well, hello. I am Lisa. Chuck here with me. Chuck. Hey, I'm Eddie. I'm the, I'm the one that's been emailing you. Good to meet you, Eddie. Uh, and, like, officially. This yeah. is as official as it gets right now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> this is as close as families get right now, so. No we have diagnosis murder on over here, so... If I'm seem distracted, oh, it's I understand. Of, it's because of my love of Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> there was an episode on yesterday where he played like five different five. characters, and it was horrendously great. He he even played a woman, but he he didn't change his voice, so it was pretty interesting. <laughs> it was like watching a Monty Python skit, but it yeah. was like supposed <laughs> to be serious. Well, uh, I wanted to talk about today. Some of y'all is kind of. Uh, you know, your journey to being wussy, your first moves you made. First off, I want to know, uh, what was the first uh, guitar that both of y'all ever had? You first. Okay, that's a really good question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. <laughs> um, so, thinking back, it would be... Uh, I used to play on my dad's uh, classical guitar... And he was very kind to let me experiment with that at a pretty young age. And he taught me, um, like, Paul Stuckey, or is that, was that his name? The yeah. son of, or no, it was the guy from Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he would teach me, like, his songs <laughs> and uh, Simon and Garfunkel songs on guitar. And uh, I would use that classical guitar to, like, tape songs off the radio to teach myself Pink Floyd um, and, like, Metallica stuff. But not the hard stuff, just the easy stuff. <laughs> but the first one I ever bought was a similar classical guitar, like a Yamaha, I think, from um, a music around in uh, Minneapolis in the late 90s. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> was your dad a professional musician, or was he the guitar player, um, or...? Well, he is still, he, uh, he's not a professional, but he plays like in his church every week. He leads the music and stuff like that. Um, he's a professor, uh, by trade, but, uh, I have multiple family members who have, um, like, you know, other day jobs, but love music and have never given it up. Awesome. Cool. It's good to have that kind of early influence in your life. Very much so. And Chuck, what about you? Um, is my sister's, uh, Sears Silvertone Acoustic. Uh, the action was, I mean, 
you know, you could throw a cat underneath it. Um, but, and I, I, I didn't really know how to play. I just sort of played single notes and plucked. I really didn't start learning how to play guitar really until I was about 19 or 20. But, um, and so right around that time, I, I was going to a small community college up in uh, Wilmington, Ohio. Um, and I bought this Alvarez acoustic off of this odd guy named Carl. And that was probably, that's when I, that's the guitar I actually started playing on. But my first actual guitar was a Sears Silvertone. Awesome. Did, did either of y'all's first guitars ever make it onto a recording or anything like that? Yeah, not mine anyway. Well, I actually got to return the favor from my dad. Um, his, the guitar that I grew up playing of his was stolen. Um, and so I gave him that guitar that I bought uh, from Minneapolis a few years later. And by then, um, I think I had bought a Washburn or something. And I think I sold that to a friend and got something else. Now I'm, I'm up to an Epiphone. Uh, oh, crap. I forget what model it is sorry Epiphone SG, I think, is, right? well no that's my electric but for yeah. acoustic oh, yeah okay. i yeah, i graduated to electric <laughs> and kind of never looked back we tend to favor electrics yeah. noise is important yeah i definitely see that for from y'all's recent output uh, I, I was told not to get an electric as my first guitar because then i would never be able to play an acoustic guitar because I would have been so lazy from playing electric. Of course, I got That's electric first. That's basically what happened. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that is what happened. That's I what mean, happened to us. I mean, it's it's so much easier. It's like, well, why try so hard if it's this easy on this wonderful <laughs> SG that I have here <laughs> with action that, I mean, it, I don't know if you guys remember those plastic uh toys with the butt with like the little low profile buttons that they had in the 80s and they're all different colors and i know anyway it, it feels like that <laughs> it's mm -hmm. we tend to so prefer easy, to easy stuff in every realm you know too many chords yeah bullshit <laughs> so you're not a fan of the the large uh computer computer powered pedal boards or anything like that I'm the only one that doesn't really play a whole... I only have a distortion box, and I use the vibrato in my guitar amp, but they they have more stuff than me. I have a pedal I'm, board. I'm afraid of <laughs> machines. I'm, I'm one of those old men that get frightened by technology. I know what you mean. Uh, speaking of technology... Um, Obviously, y'all y'all both had kind of musical journeys before Wussy, before y'all started getting together. Uh, what was kind of like the first setup for the first recording you ever did? Like a cassette player, a track. Oh, like just as as a like a young person. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, yeah, I had a. I mean, I had a one of those sort of heavy portable uh, tape players as a kid that. I was always uh, taping things onto like ambient stuff, TV shows, um, the radio, usually music or entertainment related. So that was kind of, I mean, I only mentioned that because it was sort of being, becoming obsessed with that was kind of part of the journey, I guess. 
of like thinking about what things sounded like, listening to things with headphones, wondering like how Led Zeppelin made things sound the way they did. You know what I mean? Like you just become, that's what makes you want to make a record of mm-hmm. your own one day. <laughs> um, but Wussy was really my first band, although I did help friends in college um, just doing really cool, fun, uh, you know, home recording stuff. I think by then, I guess it was, I'm trying to think, probably a four track, actually, although I wasn't the one. I started out on GarageBand myself. Yeah, weird four track stuff. I, I The very first thing I think I ever recorded was with um, a couple of guys, um, my first year when I, I, I moved from, uh, the, the, I transferred from the small college down to university of Cincinnati and went there fine arts major. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> pathway to success. Uh, I, um, I recorded with a couple of guys that I met at the, at, at the university and, uh, we were called men without bones. And uh, I didn't really know how to play a guitar still, and so I t- tuned all, it was an electric guitar, and I, and I had some kind of a primitive distortion box that I don't even think it had a name, it just had a button in the middle of it, and you push down on it, and it sounds like shit. And uh, I just tuned all the strings to the same note and ran my finger up and down the, the, the neck. And this other guy played uh, a, a, a keyboard of some sort, it wasn't a real advanced keyboard, it was a you know, just an organ, and um, and then there's this other guy was a classically trained violinist, so he just played these lilting melodies over our shitty noise. And there's actually that was recorded, I think, on either a four track or a cassette. But um, some people here in town recently released it as a limited edition CD. Um, Men without bones, terrible, but great at the same time i guess hard to listen to but that was my first experience with recording that's awesome what what were some of the the first kind of lessons y'all learned from you know being in bands and touring and stuff like that (laughs) that i didn't care for it well which part the touring part (laughs) i hate touring i'm a homebody yeah um touring for me is a necessary (laughs) evil but I'm normally fairly pleasant on tour, aren't I? As long as they don't make me do any touristy shit, I'm I'm good. I like sure staying in the motel and watching TV and doing everybody's laundry and shit like that. As far as junk stores and stuff, I'm pretty happy. You like you like walking around. Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent. Hot, as long no. as it's not hot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm such a dick, but you know, I think I'm a pleasant dick. Sort of. Anyway, I'm sorry. I no, I know what you mean. Uh, I, yeah, so I guess you, you get a lot of sleep on tour, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much as you can. Sleeping on tour is weird. It, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. The playing part I like fine. It's the other shit that's just, you know, if it, I sort of wish that we could do like in Star Trek and just sort of just like appear in the club where we're playing, play and then get the fuck out. You know, talk to people some, as long as they're they're pleasant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe one day. Nah, you know, I'm all right. 
I, I'm not going to live forever. I mean, 60 now, you know. Well, stick around a little while. Well, I'm going to, you know. I plan on it. I've been washing my fucking hands and and doing all the shit they're telling me to do. You know, don't drink the water, whatever. I don't think that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, I think you're still supposed to be drinking water. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of water. I, I have to work up the water. <laughs> we got you on Gatorade. Yeah. It's kind of like idiocracy around here. <laughs> no time to go to Starbucks. Yeah, no, I, we had to stop that recently, and it's, it's a sad thing. <laughs> That's really not um, sad in the grand scheme of things. Economically, it's not sad, but it's sad, you know, uh, taste-wise. Uh, no, know, wait, man. I'm shit you make at home. It's just, like, it's just like hamburgers. Shit you make at home is not as good. I made my own. Yeah, but it's weak comparatively. Just put more tea I like in when there. other people make it, like out and about. It's just better. You shake it, it still foams like no, they do. No, it, it's it almost as good. But it's like you know, it's like a restaurant hamburger compared to one that you make at home. The ones at home are weak by comparison. Yeah, I would it's agree like, with that. Yeah, name brand peanut butter compared to like local peanut butter. Local. <laughs> no What's way. Local whatever. Well, you know, shitty like off-brand peanut butter is not good. You mm-hmm. know, you got to stick with the, the the real stuff. The real stuff. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> Are you saying you like? Care? I don't have opinions. I don't really care. I'm just talking. Cracked them wide open. <laughs> <laughs> we got the scoop on your your GIF preferences. Yeah, Jif is the is the best. She used to dig Peter Pan. I came around, man. She came around. Peter Pan's too fucking sweet. Yeah, uh, creamy or crunchy? Creamy. Oh, creamy, hundred percent. Yeah, don't well, put it in, no nuts in my peanut butter. There was actually kind of an issue at our house when, because um, we were real excited when we went to Costco, you know, a month or so ago, and they had these big tubs of of Jif. We're like, oh, we're we'll live forever on this, and we just realized that it's crunchy. Yeah. So well, now I'm going to have to learn to like crunchy. it. Crunchy's better than nothing. But Two big tubs full. Yeah. We ate ours. If you have some kind of <laughs> if you have some kind of sieve, maybe you could separate it back out. Oh man, that's like some monk shit. You could do it like a mother bird and just spit it out and then yeah. spit the creamy back into the jar. Oh man. Regurgitated peanut butter. I'm sure there's some woke people out there that would eat it. <laughs> no way. Oh, like, no. <laughs> oh, we're going to get more fans from this. No. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Just eat something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I Sorry, know what you mean. in advance for my bandmate. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm glad... Glad to be talking to y'all. Uh, I, same and here. also, it lets me it lets me cross off uh, something I'd written down, which was uh, local shows or being on the road. So <laughs> they're all about the you know. I unless like you're on stage. They're 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 they're, they're, they're all you know. They're fine. They're all the same. I like playing. I love I love playing for people anywhere. Yeah, that I mean, part's great. You that know? we've had, 
And it's cool, too, Except because... Except for outside. Most outside shit so We haven't had the best outside shows. The sound's usually terrible. It's normally either too hot, hot or too cold. It's always hot. Uh, sometimes <laughs> it's too cold. And, and, uh, and I don't know. <laughs> the sound all goes out the back, usually. And so it's, it's a little weird. We like small clubs. That's our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one, one of our favorite shows uh, turned out to be this little club in... Oh, crap. I'm, Where? Freiburg? Was it Freiburg? Freiburg, yeah, in that Germany. was wonderful. Um, I mean, this place was tiny, and um, it was... Man, it was like the best show. It and was almost so cool. nobody there knew who we were. The guy that owned the club basically just got all of his Chico. friends and everybody that like uh, were patrons of the bar and said, "You guys, you got to come see this this group." And it was an amazing show. People were just uh, were fabulous. I mean, it was, I, I don't say fabulous much, and uh, they were. They were, and and they all was like, "We've never heard of you guys before tonight." You know, and it was, that was that was really cool. Plus, Freiburg's a cool little town, city. Yeah, town, I guess city. It's yeah, I love Germany in general. Nah. Oh but no, you Freiburg. can't say that. You went to like three towns. <laughs> I know, but the three towns we went to, fuck them. No up. way, man. Oh, don't listen to him. No toilet seats. And, He's talking about rest stops. And He's not talking about the cities. Yeah, don't I, don't I, listen to this guy. <laughs> insane they everyone that people treated us with great kindness yes, we stayed in lovely places the experience was a nightmare he, some, he, he, i'll boil it down we've mentioned heat a couple times it's hot here today that's maybe that's why yeah um it is hot it, they were going through a heat wave when we were on tour and no air conditioning they anywhere. don't have much air conditioning in europe including that's, our tour van and it was just it was i mean it uh, was it was a. Uh, it, was a it, got, it got to us. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I was in Germany in uh, one, of the, one of the first times I went to Germany. It was their hottest summer on record and nobody had air conditioning. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, I'm in South Carolina and I was hotter in Germany than I've ever been in South Carolina. So, it, yeah. yeah I mean, too. we have like, we, it's not as hot as what you guys get, but we, it's. Cincinnati and St. Louis are both like in Louisville are in are all cities in our area that are kind of known for getting these kind of heat bubbles. River cities, basically, and and so it gets real humid and real. Although I don't think I've ever been as hot as when we went to Savannah, so no, that's near where you are. Yeah, so you guys yeah. know heat more than we Savannah do. Savannah was like walking into a sauna every day. It was just I don't see how people <laughs> do it. Uh, I actually grew up on the Savannah River in Aiken. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's very cool. I mean, it's a beautiful place. I loved visiting. It oh was yeah, just, I thought it was but great. I was like, man, was I thought we were hot in Cincinnati, but no, we we don't know hot. Um, but yeah, th- we had the same experience because we're used to that kind of phenomenon where you go from kind of icebox to icebox. <laughs> Everything's mm-hmm. air conditioned. The car, the house, the store. So yeah, that was kind of a learning experience. <laughs> but. I had a great time. It was just hot. You're you're reconstructing history, though. We actually had a terrible time some of the time. Only some of the time. That's any time yeah. you're on tour. That's what tours yeah, about. Yeah, you're right about it. You kind of suffer to bring the good, <laughs> to bring out your best later on at the show. We're basically good cop and bad cop, <laughs> you know. So nice, nice. Well, um. 
now that some of y'all's history is out of the way, uh, and you were talking a little <laughs> bit about uh, talking a little bit about Cincinnati, um, I was wondering if there were any uh, you know bands in Cincinnati that were you know y'all were kind of digging right now, or any new records that had come out recently. Yeah, I've been really enjoying this record by this band called Carriers. Um, Kurt, Kurt's band. Have you heard that one yet? I've heard some of it. Yeah, I like it. I really there. like he's it. A, he's a really good songwriter. He's a good dude, um, good songwriter. Um, it kind of has a vibe similar to say like War on Drugs, who I've, I'm a big fan of, of their stuff. So um, this hit me in a pretty sweet spot. <laughs> did Did John uh, Curley have something to do with that? He sure did. I think he played on it and may have uh, engineered it. Okay, I know awesome. he's in their like promo picks. Um, I think the drummer from the National also uh, uh, played on that record as well. So it's kind of an all-star Cincinnati cast. The newest Frontier Folk Nebraska record is really good, too. Oh, I mean, man. all their records have been good, but this one is Agreed. incredibly good. There's a two-piece band called Lung that are really exceptional. Um, another band called Vacation. There's just so many. I'm afraid I'm going to forget one. You know, there's it's yeah, really it's kind healthy. Of a, a music city, and always has been. I mean, it waxes and wanes, but it's always been really strong. A lot of different genres. Um, there's no real Cincinnati sound. I don't think. That's kind of the cool thing about it. I mean, even I mean, uh, um, Culture Queer just released a really good new record. Um, the Fairmount Girls and Tiger Liz are still around, still recording good stuff. It's just, it's all over the place. Nice. And y'all have done a well, lot of, pretty much most of your records with John Curley, right? Yeah, uh, I would Except say... for the last two. Last two or three. Uh, we've done several things with John Hoffman and uh, Jerry Queen. Yeah, they're in, also in a band called Vacation, but they're, uh, they, they, um... John Curley sort of handed over the reins to him, and uh, it was uh, he picked wisely. We work really well with those guys. Oh, you know who else we should mention really quick? Who? Mr. Flies. Mr. Flies, our our friend Clinton. He grew up in the same in the tiny same town, town as, as Chuck, but just decades apart. Yeah, we're at least two generations. He's a spiritual like nephew. When Lisa first met him, without knowing he grew up in the hometown that I did, she said, "I knew." That he grew up. In I don't same know. There's town. like you guys. You guys are a, a lot alike. You look know? at life the same way and kind that of that sort of grim found the dead guy thing, you know. But because you know, but yeah, Mr. Flies, they're a brilliant band. There's so many. There's a woman um, who who uh, goes uh, by Wonky Tonk. That's really good. I mean, they, and she is stuck in Ecuador. By the she way, she is stuck in Ecuador right now. Um, I think uh, she's happy there. Yeah, she's doing all so right. I wouldn't say stuck. She just can't really leave. But do you know that? And the thing is, I'm I'm not going to mention somebody and feel bad about it. But I know there's a there's, there's so, so many. many. I mean, well, we can make sure really people is. know this is an incomplete list. Yeah, it is heavily incomplete. We'll just shout out names during the rest of the interview. Just randomly, just in the middle of sentences. But yes, we worked with John Curley for for most of our stuff uh, with uh, John and Jerry for. The other two guys for some of the newer records and um you know we might start doing some demo stuff uh 
here at our houses while we're some days I forget that we're locked down because I kind of live like this anyway a little bit and um some days we forget we're in a band <laughs> well and both of our spouses are in a um trades that have to go on um even in spite of lockdown so they're so in some and I'm used to being home you know home for long periods of time kind of in between um tours and stuff and you know, working from home. I used to uh, work for an auction house from home, and <coughs> I do a lot of... He works from home a lot, too, so, um, you know, maybe maybe this will kind of encourage us to do a little more recording from home, too. You he, he, you write all the time anyway, so... Yeah, yeah, pretty much every day, but that doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> I, we have very different styles of writing. Yeah, she's sort of an 11th hour writer, and I write pretty much every day. But, you know, the cool thing about it is is she sometimes takes my simple little stuff and turns it into something even better. She, uh, I think she's melodically a bit stronger than I am, and maybe even more than a bit. I don't know about and, that. And so she turns some of my, like, hokey you know i just have a into, different stylistic more listenable <laughs> rock stuff you know mm-hmm. but you know usually if i'm singing it i wrote it if she's singing it she wrote it but that's not always the case and sometimes we write them together so i notice y'all have a lot of songs credited as co-writers mm-hmm. and the band is very important to the music you know there are a lot of songs especially Especially really like in the last few years, um, we've really started to write music together and then we put lyrics on top of that later, maybe, you know, and that's something um, that's a, you know, and, and we all have similar tastes, but everybody kind of comes from a different, uh, has a different kind of music, musical philosophy, I guess, in the band. We're not identical in our, uh, listening preferences and what we I think we all bring something a little different taste wise in but it it works together (laughs) I think the thing that we share though is not wanting to make a record that blows well I (laughs) hope nobody wants to well no but people do and and (laughs) and we're we're really careful about that stuff you know I mean I don't you know it's not to say everybody's gonna like us but I don't I've never put out a record that I'm ashamed of I mean, there's songs that I'm not particularly fond of in retrospect, but, um, you know, I think all of our records are strong, you know, in different ways. Um, you know, you're always going to have preferences, but, you, you know, I don't think, you know, if it comes, if there comes a time when it, it seems as if we're going to put out something that's shitty, we'll probably just not exist anymore. Well, there's a lot of songs that don't make the cut. Oh, yeah, tons. On, you know. We've got like a we've got a back catalog uh, that's probably as big, if not bigger, than the stuff we put out. But everybody's nobody. We're incredibly democratic, I guess is the word for it. Everybody's got an opinion, and if somebody says, "Yeah, that line sucks," or "This song's not worth a shit," we just don't do it. That seems like a good way to do it. Well, I mean, we're coming up on 20 years together, and it, it there's a reason why we've been able to stand each other. It's certainly not our personalities. 
<laughs> yeah, you, you were saying, Lisa, that y'all write the music as a band together uh, sometimes. And one thing that I think is interesting is uh, John Earhart has been playing pedal steel with y'all for a long time. And it yes. seems like that's kind of a position that a lot of time just gets delegated to a session musician. Um, so to have a member of your band, you know, being kind of that, that core member as pedal, pedal steel is really cool. Oh yeah. It's brilliant. Yes. It's brilliant. He, but he plays more like, like pink Floyd pedal steel or, or something, you know, like there used to be a band in the sixties called the misunderstood and they had a pedal steel player as their lead guitarist. His name was Glenn Campbell. It's not the Glenn Campbell, like gentle on my mind guy, but, and they, uh, some of that stuff is just uh, is amazing. Uh, you can do a just because you have a pedal steel player doesn't mean you have to be making country music. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a very versatile instrument, and he certainly do, uses it to brilliant effect. I mean, you know. yeah, to my ears, it sounds a lot more like Sonic Youthy or something mm-hmm. than Nashville. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Very much so. It's very, I mean, I really love the pedal steel on uh, Dark Side of the Moon. And the way that he plays reminds me a lot of of that um, application of it. <clears throat> Do you all uh, find a lot of influence in some of that, like, classic rock stuff? I know you mentioned Led Zeppelin sound earlier and Pink Floyd a couple times. Is that kind of stuff that you all go back to for inspiration? Um, or is it more new stuff that you listen to? Oh, no, little bits of everything, you know, um, singer songwriter stuff, uh, old country, uh, some jazz. I mean, I'm not particularly a jazz aficionado, but there are people in the band that are, um, pop, you know, just AM radio pop, every, everything. You just take little bits and pieces from all of it. Um, there's just too much out there not to, you know swipe from it (laughs) yeah i listen i spend um a little time probably every day like sorting music as a um as a therapeutic exercise and as a educational exercise for myself um that's how i found out that like spotify limits your playlist at ten thousand songs (laughs) because i've like i've basically taken i've added into this uh big pile um, everything that I like own, <laughs> I've, uh, I found its digital counterpart out on there, added it to this pile and then gone through, uh, various playlists that I've liked and, and, uh, records that I like. And I just kind of go down rabbit holes and kind of go through maybe like what's Iggy Pop playing on BBC six lately. Cause his show is real wild. And that kind of leads me down rabbit holes or I really like the soundtrack on Joe Para. <laughs> like I, let's listen let's see what this is and let's listen to songs like Brian Eno that sound like that and I'll just do that for you know every day I spend a little time like adding to this pile and then I kind of sort it out as kind of a a mental uh I don't know it, it helps me I don't know how to say it but I but I learn a lot and it's sort of like my way of listening to the radio I guess <laughs> I, I go I through like mean. yeah like like a Waxy's like 500 like their uh, WXY, I miss them a lot. Um, 
Like, what did they play on their last day of broadcast? Or what was their Waxie 500 the last year that they were uh, broadcasting? And I add that to it just to force myself to listen to new stuff or, like, what is, what is like, a Adult Swim, their new songs? What is You know, just kind of random stuff. KEXP, what are they playing? Um, so I kind of make myself listen to new stuff that way because I, I do tend to listen to the old stuff, to Led Zeppelin, to Pink Floyd, to Tom Petty. I love that. I mean, I'm never going to stop that. Um, but it kind of allows me to deep dive. I've been getting into like certain eras of these artists that I haven't maybe, well, specifically Pink Floyd, like eras that I hadn't really gotten into before, like Adam Hart mother and stuff like that. And, uh, like there's always something new to discover if you like stuff in that, you know, there's always some, I don't know, there's always something out there. There's always some John Cale thing I haven't listened to enough or there's always like, yeah, it's not just bad stuff. No, I mean, there's there's, there's great stuff, and stuff. as I get older, I want to hear, I want to hear more like jazz. I want to hear more. I don't know. I'm getting older. I I can't help it. I like it. You know, I I like to feel good. And um, I, I listen to a lot <laughs> I don't of stuff. I feel bad anymore. <laughs> I listen to a lot of stuff because she keeps up with it. You know, I I don't really um I'm not really um much of a computer person, so. Um, oh yeah, I play stuff. I make him listen to my stuff all the time. Says, yeah, we listen. Yeah, listen to the Savages record. Isn't this exactly. cool? Or and, uh, I'm listen to to Shame. Like like this sound. I want us. I want us to sound like as thick and up front in the speakers as these as these kids are doing. Like this is so cool. Like I don't know. Like I just get excited when I hear stuff old or or new. You know, I, like it could be some Sun Ra thing I've never heard. It's like oh this is fun like or it could be something that came out yesterday i i just kind of i kind of try to bbc6 radio is still around thank god and they're a really good resource kexp is still around um they're such great great resources like uh mark riley's show on bbc Gitco. um i listen to them a lot uh, like i said before Iggy pop they're just really good at um at seeking out some of the stuff that um, I, I would maybe wouldn't know how to find on my own or wouldn't, I don't know. I love it. Yeah. So much fun. It, it's kind of like you're, you're gathering a list of people to help curate music for you, which is really yeah. cool. Oh, it uh, is and cool. And they know what they're doing. <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, soundtracks and I'm a, I'm a big soundtrack person too. Um, oh, me too. <laughs> actually, I, I was thinking when I when I was kind of you know scouring Discogs, uh, you know for for a chat today, uh, it reminded me of that Afghan Wigs cover of um, what's it called? I wrote it down somewhere. Um, Can't get enough of your love, babe. That's on that mm-hmm. uh, beautiful girls movie. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, oh, I, I love just, that movie. I, That's a good soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I love that soundtrack. Um, and y- y'all have. I can think of at least two songs that are kind of direct movie references. Um, yeah. Or you, you have the album Attica. At least. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which is a dog day afternoon kind of image. And then um, what's it? Donnie's death song. I think it's called. Donnie's death scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Donnie's yep. death scene. <laughs> um, so are movie soundtracks pretty, pretty foundational for y'all's music? Oh Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like those playlists. I'm. I was telling you before. I have one that is that I add things to if it 
if I could imagine it being played in a Coen Brothers movie, <laughs> I, I, I added to that. I have another one. If I can imagine this being played in a Wes Anderson movie. So I put the things that are already in them, but then like, oh, this kink song would be perfect. You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know I, I love the idea of, of curating because I think music is such an emotional is it's such a it's a it's a beautiful way to kind of let yourself feel stuff and I I think that directors like that and and you know like it's not just them obviously you've got Mark Mothersbaugh and other guys helping out um with the you know Wes Anderson movies for you know and it's not just one person but um I love a good soundtrack and I think it's a great way to enhance a story and it shows that they care about the movie I think a good movie should have a good soundtrack don't you (laughs) <laughs> oh, I agree. I agree completely. Her song "Gloria" is also from uh, this. Well, that's TV. <laughs> so now Same I gotta thing, go to though, Titus. It, yeah. And we write things from books. Um, several songs on three songs from our last record were basically derived from the um, book um, "Black Hole" um, by Charles Burns. What, what's that what about? Do you call this? That is, so it's a graphic novel. It was uh, serialized for a while. I forget, what was it published in? It was an eight ball. I forget where it was published. But um, um, it's basically about um, a sexually transmitted disease, like late 70s, early 80s, that is passed among this group of high school kids. And um, it they morph into kind of monstrous forms. And some for some kids, they can hide it, or it's something that's pretty insignificant in the grand scheme. Like, one girl sheds her skin, but she still is beautiful and, and appealing, and she can go out in public. And, like, one girl gets a tail, and it just kind of makes her cuter. <laughs> um, one guy grows a, a mouth in his, in his throat that whispers his secrets. Um, <laughs> But like some Less people cute. are so transformed that they become, that they have to go to, whether it's true or just their feeling, they kind of have to go to the margins of society and they have to survive a different way. And what it, it's just, it's, it's kind of a, an allegory about growing up, about growing old. It's, it's a, <laughs> angsty. <laughs> it's really good. I can't recommend it enough. It's so good. Charles Burns, it, he's a great, like writer and illustrator and uh yeah, it's just right. it's that combo like we i like dan Klaus' stuff a lot too his stuff is real um has that nice combination of just being totally out there kind of bonkers sometimes but also like really close to home <laughs> kind of hits you in the gut uh i like i like that kind of that kind of thing this, you know, raising Arizona movies like that that are so that can be so silly and so funny and goofy and at the same time like real like make you like sob mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's something kind of that's pretty cool. I I can see that in um, a lot of y'all's lyrics. They're kind of slice of, slice of life Americana kind of. Uh, emotional stories told in kind of a, a small section of somebody's life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree with that or not. That's my I interpretation. Do. I do. That's, that's great. I'm so glad that you say that. That's thank you. Cause that's, uh, that's pretty much all we know how to do. 
But yeah, I definitely respond to other art that kind of uh, takes after that. That's why, that's why that Joe Parra show I told you about, I don't know if you've seen it. It's so great. It's uh, just like that, but a TV show. It's on Adult Swim. Joe Parra talks with you. He's like Mr. Rogers for adults. I have seen that, and he kind of like lulls you to sleep a little bit. Oh, yeah. he's It's it's so peaceful, but like he also deals with, with real real shit. It's... Uh, it's kind of heavy in unexpected moments and then like amazingly funny and weird. And it, I don't know. It just, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like therapy. It's the only IMDb page that I visited where the reviews say that a show literally saved their life. <laughs> there were like one or two people. There was one person that said like, I was kind of considering suicide and then I watched this show and now I'm feeling a lot better about things. That's serious, man. It's kind of like Mr. Belvedere. No, it's not like Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> but it is like, for me, because I responded as a kid, and I still kind of do when I see it very strongly to Mr. Rogers and found that he was a, I don't know, I found that he kind of had a gift to communicating and kind of making you feel all right about feeling I weird to, about being a human. You I know what I mean? I have to admit, <laughs> at times in my life, Mr. Rogers kind of gave me the creeps and that's not going to be a real popular opinion I know but I don't know there's something about him it's like he almost seemed too nice to be real because it's like Jesus everybody around me's a dick this guy it just wasn't part of my reality yeah if you're that nice he must be faking it Kind of, but I don't think he was. I really don't. I mean, You've come yeah, around. and there's another one too. Bob Ross, love that guy, the painting show. I mean, he seems too nice to be real, but apparently that's exactly how he was. And he's that's another comfort show. I've been binge watching Bob Ross painting um, exercises, and it's been it's been beneficial. Do you follow along with it or just watch it? I don't. I don't paint. No, no. Um, I mean, you imagine I, I, you do. I bet. Yeah. I, I imagine I do when I watch it. I think about it. I think about painting. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's. But I just like. I mean, the that's ninety percent of the way there. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, it's that's how I that's how I deal with most of my life. You know, uh, you want to climb that mountain? Well, I'm thinking about well, it. Well, you know what? You, know? you laugh. I laugh, and yet. I don't know. I really do feel better when I watch Rick Steves, like right around now, when you can't really get out a lot, and he goes to Paris for you. And yeah, I feel better. <laughs> for me, that's the perfect way to travel. Um, I, yeah, I would much rather do that. There you go. You've got AC. You can use your own toilet. You're, yeah. you're set, man. Toilet paper. You've got Lay's that potato chips. You don't sand your ass with stuff like that. It's good. <laughs> It's funny you say that. Uh, my wife and I actually have been going through some of the like early '90s, uh, this old house, and it's so comforting. Oh, yeah. It's oh, the they same are. Thing. That's a great. great show. It's just you know, it's satisfying to see somebody strip something of bad paint and put better paint on it. And it really. Yeah, is. you know, who 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 would have thought that just watching somebody build a soffit was comforting? But it is. It's just like yeah, and then you don't have to do it. It's like. Damn, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We have that that PBS channel the because they they split them out where there's several here and and like we get several cities PBSs which I'm really thankful for actually and uh, 
and they and like one is like create and so it's all day it's just people doing stuff and finishing projects and some days i put that on I like, the it makes quil- me feel I, I like better. the quilting shows. They're, they're pretty entertaining. <laughs> like when I don't get things done, but at least they did. And I I watched that happen. And you still get some of the satisfaction from a, a job well done. Sure do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> you, living vicariously is, is not a bad way to live, you know. So. I have a bunch of Foxfire books. Mm. And I think I'm going to start reading them and learning how to. I may skip some of that. I don't want to skin anything ever in my life. I hope I never have to. Except maybe More just banana churning. A banana is fine. No, like somebody said, there's like, they show you how to skin a rabbit. I'm not doing that. But, you know, maybe like I when to plant your seeds, how to uh, faith heal, snake mm-hmm. handle, you know, that kind of. That's, a, that's an important part. skill in 2020. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Well, they they she and Planting her, is her real, husband though. David have the Foxfire books, and they had extras of number six and seven, and they just gave me them yesterday. So that's pretty cool. I'm going to catch up. I had them when I was a teenager. I had volumes one through four. Um, I would like know. to learn for in for for real, you know, how to plant seeds, how to shape note sing, also um, a couple other things. Maybe make I would make an applehead doll. I would do that till the cows come home. <laughs> I've, I've bought several, and I've actually sold a couple, too, because I, I realized it might be weird to have too many, and I have a tiny house, and having a lot of Applehead dolls gets weird real fast. You know, the cable guy or whatever comes over, and anyway, it gets weird, because I don't know. You don't want to look make it seem like it's a witch house or something, so I've, I've sold a few Applehead dolls here and there, and... Witch house. <laughs> it's already kind of weird, my because my hus- we live in the woods, and my husband tends to find skulls on like when we take Not the walks. Not human skulls. No, just animal skulls, and you know, I mean, you're South Carolina; it's country too out there. So, you know, so he sometimes he'll leave them out in the sun, and scavengers kind of pick them clean, and they get all bleached, bleached. in the sun. <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh, then they kind of go on the wall or in an art project somewhere. There's a tree out back that he and Chuck have put select garbage and things that get washed up in rains, like old toys and stuff. <laughs> and it's the Blair Witch tree. <laughs> it scares the it scares the shit out of hikers. It's and we so that people it. don't like walk through our yard because I'm very crankshaft about the yard. Like, don't come through our. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm basically like an 80 year old man. And I am an 80-year-old man. That's why we're friends. That's why we're quarantining together. That's cool that y'all uh, have kind of formed like a family unit quarantine group. Yeah, it helps Yeah, it's adults. kind of a minor miracle, actually. That, um, that we're She and I are very fortunate to have met our spouses. They're, they put up They're sane. a lot. Yeah, they are sane. <laughs> they... they I asked my husband one day why he puts up with me because I'm kind of a nut. I don't mean to be. And I said, "Do I make your life more interesting?" And he was, and he said, "Yes." So we're, that's my appeal, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they're, you know, they're just yeah, they're, they're just He's incredibly understanding and sweet people. Very patient and, people. and very patient. Yeah. And why you put up with me? I have no fucking yeah, idea. Well, I'm, not an easy, I'm not an easy person. 
to get along with. Sometimes. That's kind of what friendship is. No one, when you get down to it, is an easy person. No one with thoughts and opinions and, and right? I mean, we're all, everyone. My problem is I tend to say shit as I'm thinking it. And um, sometimes That's it true. doesn't go over very well. You know, instead of thinking, look at that asshole, I say, look at that asshole, and then it all just sort of blows up. Now I know what you mean. Uh, what kind of tea are you drinking, Lisa? So I'm making my own iced tea by... Uh, Where's mine? I don't know. You didn't make one. I did. It's back there. Oh, it's over there. Go get it. You'll have to take your headphones yeah, out on. for a yeah, second. I'll be back. I, I make it... Uh, I try to do it the right way. I used to work in food service, so, you know, brewing it in, in glass, letting it kind of go get down to room temperature, but adding cold filtered water, <laughs> shaking it till it gets that foam on top. Nice. Yeah, Not adding new tea to old tea so that bacteria doesn't grow. She's a tap water snob. <sighs> I just taste things that I don't want to taste. I don't mean to. I'm one of those freaks that can taste like things that you're not supposed to taste. Well, she's <laughs> got an educated like there? What's that? What's the water like there? It's actually good. It's Cincinnati is sort of known for having good water, weirdly. Like, it's some of the... It's highly rated. Um... But I live in an old house, so everything kind of has that, I don't know, rusty edge. Rusty edge. <laughs> he sells shit at the flea market. I don't know. You know, they're just sort of a heavy metals. But we, I just got a Brita filter, so I'm and I loving can, it. I can, I can drink ditch water, so, you know, you know I, don't, I don't, my palate is not educated, as they say. Yeah, I know y'all are uh, fairly close to Louisville uh, and Franklin and all that, and that's a lot of well-known water sources, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, ours weirdly comes down from, like, I, I'm wondering if it's ours is good because they have to clean it so much because it does, like, come down mm. from, like, West Virginia, doesn't it? Like, coal mines and stuff, so I would think that they probably have a lot of uh, cleaning to do. <laughs> some some cows, too. Yeah, a lot of lot of farms and stuff. Mm -hmm. I like it. That's why I, I don't know. I love I love that like around here and I mean really in large parts of the U.S. You know you can just like be in your city and it's all built up and everything and within minutes you're kind of in literal farmland. <laughs> there are beverages though that I don't understand. What? Like that kombucha stuff. Oh, where did we get that? It's like it, I don't know. I just thought about it. It's like it was strained mm -hmm. through an octogenarian's diaper or something. It's mm -hmm. the worst. And all these like people that are at the coffee shop are drinking it like it's like Jesus's sweat or something, and it's just miserable. If you get a good one for me, it tastes like really light beer that's flavored, Ugh. or or a soda no that's way. a little bit strong. It's yeah, I am a big beer fan, and I like sour beers, so for me, it kind of reminds me of, like, non-alcoholic sour beer. That, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't I'm, I don't drink, so I don't like that stuff, so that's probably why I don't like... You don't... It's not that you don't drink. It's just that you mostly don't drink. I mostly don't. I just don't like it. It's it's not good for me. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I smoke weed. It's different. You know, it's all right. doesn't taste shitty. We have, although I will say the band is well represented in beer fans. Um, 
like Mark is a big IPA guy and Joe works at um, a brewery, like a local brewery tap. Well, I have nothing against it. No, I'm just saying so there are, there are definitely beer lovers and, and to his credit, cause Joe knows that I like kind of that no taste stuff, <laughs> but he doesn't give me crap when I ask for my high life or whatever. But I can't get on too high of a horse because in the nineties I kind of was a, was a Jägermeister drinker for a couple of two or three years when I was on tour with the ass ponies. Um, I was drinking a, like a bottle a day. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. It like candy. Yeah. yeah, it does. After the first two or three drinks, you can't taste it. You can, you can yeah. eat a turd and it'd be Yikes. like, hey, that's pretty good. Yikes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry, we just got into a, a deep uh, kombucha <laughs> turd drinking. Man, I'm... I'm uh... <laughs> Like I said, we have on diagnosis murder here, and we forgot that Scott Bayo was actually in early episodes, and it kind of made it sad. Yeah, I like newer ones better. Yeah. Go on record. Mm-hmm. Like that guy. You're taking a stand. <laughs> I am. Yeah. No. Line, line in the sand. Wussy uh, does not like Chachi. Oh, man. <laughs> There he is. Uh, uh, get him like, out of here. Get him out of here. Guy. So, Sorry. speaking of <laughs> speaking of Cincinnati and uh, food stuffs, the last time I went to Cincinnati, I was visiting my friend from Louisville, and he said you have to go to this uh, grocery store, Jungle Gems. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's hear your uh, thoughts. I thought it was amazing. There was a butter aisle. <laughs> <laughs> A what? There was a butter aisle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And one time my husband and I went and just got candy. Yeah, we spent like a hundred dollars, like when I had a better job on on candy, and I was like, it 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 felt it was the most indulgent thing I may have maybe I've ever done. You know, though, for me, I I I really I'm fascinated by that place. I love it. But there's almost so much stuff that I get overwhelmed, and you're meant and, to be overwhelmed, and have to be let out. You know, it's just like, oh God, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna, I had a drag you in last time because they had a fifth third in there, and you <clears throat> needed to deposit a check, and you were like, oh, don't tag me in, and then you're like, oh, it's kind of wow. Yeah, there's some, <laughs> there's some good. I mean, I'm not. Uh, crowds kind of freak me out a bit, and and so that you know, that was sort of before the whole pandemic. Thing or yeah, I guess so. Kind of, I guess. Although yes. they say the pandemic is going back farther than we think. But um, so it might have even been going on then. And I, you know, we could have been walking through it at Jungle Gyms while looking okay. at the butter aisle. But still, yeah. So what did you like the animatronics and various characters uh, <laughs> festooning the yeah. ceilings and walls? It, it reminded me of like vacation like the movie vacation kind of yeah i can see that yeah. oh yeah it's like kind of like something that if you saw it in a movie you'd be like now this is ridiculous this nothing like this would exist or yeah in, in real life. who'd have thought yeah this has got to be a made-up thing <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it's it's uh we we have a booth at an antique mall that's really close to jungle gym so uh every now and then i have to kind of go in there <laughs> it, it seems like they should have a small grocery store inside of it, like a normal grocery store. Oh, yeah. And if you just have to do normal grocery shopping, you just go to the, the grocery store section. Yeah, they they do have that. And then, like, things separated out by, 
like region of the world. I remember before <laughs> I ever went, uh, I can remember people saying, yeah, you can go to Jungle Gyms and get tiger meat. And you I could like, not. Who the hell would want to get tiger meat? <laughs> and they that's don't a lie. have it. But, you know, some hillbilly was like, yeah, you can get tiger meat there. And I'm like, what the hell would you? Stupid. It's like something out of that Netflix show. I do think they have rattlesnake, though. I've, oh. I've seen that. And some wild game. That's pretty cool. It takes me back to childhood. Yeah. I actually ate a lot of that crap when I was a kid. But once I moved to the big city, um, I didn't have to eat that stuff anymore. Did you have burgoo? What's that? Burgoo is like... Um, Kind of like a Kentucky stew, and I think possum might be one of the ingredients. I've had possum. You don't have to, but that's one of the recipes. It's like chicken bog, but with like raccoon and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Raccoon is nasty. It's got kind of oily animals that have gone out of fashion. Rabbit's cool. Um, Deer's all right. Squirrel. Believe it or not, squirrel's all right. You'd think it was just, it's like you're eating a rat, but it's okay. It's okay. Have y'all heard of uh, rabbit starvation? Oh. There's this this weird thing uh, where if you try and subsist on rabbit, it doesn't have enough fat on it. And in, you know, non-modern buildings and living situations or whatever, uh, if you, you'll keep eating rabbit, it costs so many calories to digest it that it actually makes you, like, waste away. Um, that is crazy. I'm going to have to go clean out my freezer. <laughs> yeah, so basically you, you can't survive on rabbit meat. You have to eat something with more fat. Whoa. I don't think we have to worry. I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been I've been getting by on Little Debbie's. and. Um, oh, man, my honey bun obsession is getting out of control. <laughs> A lot of Reese eggs, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, Easter you know? They've marked Healthy. out all the Easter candy, so when you do take your big trip to Kroger or whatever for your, you know, two weeks of provisions, they, you know, 75% off Easter candy already. I can't think That's of anything good. more exciting yeah. than an indoor egg hunt. Oh, <laughs> well, you can still do it in your yard or something. Yeah, I guess you can. Just Not can't have your cousins come exactly, over. Exactly, because number one, they'll find all the good eggs, and number two... You can't get close to them. <laughs> Have y'all uh, picked up any habits other than Easter egg candy with the quarantine? Uh, uh, just uh, staying home more, for sure. Quite Lots a bit. of naps. You know, I I was thinking of since I mean, compared to a lot of people I know, my life has changed. Not a whole lot, and so... Yeah, ditto. I mean, I, I am laid off, but my part-time job is not a super lucrative um, thing. I love it. I, I'm not here to knock it. It's just, you know... Um, we both work in an antique mall, as well as... Yeah, and I love it. I love... I, I worry about it. I, I worry yeah. about all small businesses right now, but you got to do what you got to do. Um, but, so... Uh, you know, but that wasn't an every single day thing. And, and so it's just kind of been trying to hustle a little bit different way, more online. And I put up a, a merch store for the band and I'm going to add our, um, you know, CDs and records probably tonight or tomorrow. You know, just I, I keep doing things that to try to keep busy. But um, 
I don't know. Like I was thinking we have a, we decided to do a live uh, broadcast on Friday. We don't know how to do it, but it looks easy. Like Facebook, it looks like there's just a live button you click. So we're going to try it. And <laughs> uh, we hope, but I was thinking of letting people know from a person who's very much a homebody, like some tips for not going nuts because, you know, I definitely have some. <laughs> I've had several people that know me fairly closely say, this should be a walk in the park for you. You never do anything anyway. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm one of those Gen X people. They write about in articles that are like, this is kind of sort of the same for them. Not all, not all the same. And it's not that it's not scary or not weird, but it's the light, you know, day to day hasn't changed a whole hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, do you have a URL for that uh, Wussy merch site that we can? Oh yeah, if you go to Wussy World, yeah, if you go to uh, WussyWorld.com and you just click the merch link, I forget. Okay, I think so it's it on might your normal slash merch. But yeah, I just cool. and we we may end up adding some of our. I I took some. We took some stuff home from the antique mall. Just to, some smaller things. We might, you know, they don't know, you know, here in Ohio they're pretty aggressive about stuff i appreciate what they're doing and they've said to try to be candid like look we don't know if this is weeks or months and uh so just to kind of think ahead we took some of our small items from the antique mall so we're gonna maybe take pictures and maybe possibly add those to our site as well just like chuck and lisa's curios or whatever i don't know something Mm -hmm. better than that for sure but you know just some of the some of the crap that we sell things that are more you know they're not technically banned we we have our banned stuff obviously too but you know things that are a little more uh aligned with our travel you know things we find on the road there's when i when we tour we buy little little stuff little pop culture crap and (laughs) i don't know weird figurines yeah when we went on the uh we we did a, a house show tour um with undertow this past uh, November, and uh, we we went to so many antique malls in between shows that we the the car was so full that it was yeah like we kind of we're like gosh if we sell this merch because I got a, a framed <laughs> professionally framed and matted picture I got for next to nothing here yeah we we it was really cool the, yeah. the antique malls especially in man the Midwest the and, Midwest and but you know I know the South has good ones too you guys mm-hmm. have good ones down where you are too oh yeah you guys killing it on the antique mall front I love that shit. Um, but yeah, we also go, um, there's like a place, a, co- a few places I've always enjoyed going that have like old dead stock, you know, weird rings and rat fink stuff and Pee Wee Herman things and, <laughs> you know, just selling weird things that never sold the first time around. And I tend to collect that. So, Well, both of us are hoarders to a certain, to a certain extent. degree. Not like that show that a lot of old diapers or newspapers or shit like that, but... Like, I guess better stuff. Too many boxes, hoarders. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we, just stuff, you know, um, pop culture stuff. And it's just, stuff's cool. I like stuff. Hmm. Said the dullard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to, like, Marie Kondo myself. It didn't work. Like, <laughs> if this is Marie Kondo, you're not just, watching the It's right just show. like getting all the stuff on your bed 
and then you can't sleep on your bed anymore. <laughs> yeah. So that should be the tagline fail. for the show. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> uh, that should, that should well, be the tagline for their show. You, you, for real. You, you could call our show Goat Pass because that's what my apartment looks like. Oh, it's just bit. like, good God. If I get one more thing. Yeah. Like my wife and I, we can't hang anything up. It, we have to take something down from the walls to actually hang something new up because there's no more wall space. It's insane. So um, one of my tips that I'm going to, if I think of it, that I'll try to give to people <laughs> on our live show is, uh, you know, to allow yourself to kind of be lazy sometimes, to relax, to let your brain just enjoy something for what it is. And if that's media you know, have media. Don't feel bad if you have media going all the time. If you have something always streaming, if you have TV always on, if you have a room with the radio always on, like, don't feel bad about that. Kind of give into it because it kind of marks the passage of time, number one, and also kind of reminds you that life is still going on and, and um, there's a lot to be joyful about, even though there's a lot to mourn and a lot to be scared about and a lot, you know, bad stuff. There's good stuff too. And, you know, to keep your mental health going, I think, um, I don't know, like, part of my joy, like, my joy, a lot of that is TV, I love TV, I'm not gonna lie, it switched to Magnum PI, that's my home yeah. update for you. Um, he's really, he's, his skin tone is so red. He's kind of beat red, um, it holds up, though, as a show, I'll tell you, except for Agatha, this character named Agatha, I'm not yeah. wild about, but. We found out she was really old, though. I thought she was a young woman in an old woman costume, like Mama on Carol Burnett, <laughs> but um, it turns out she really, because it was like, if you were, like, a high school play, if you put, like, an old lady wig and glasses on a on a young girl, and just, she's like, oh. <laughs> it's like that, but she's really old, so kudos to her, I guess, for her good skin, because she, I'd swear she was a 20-year-old lady in a weird outfit. But anyway, sorry, I get, a, I digress. That's, if that's your joy, if, like, putting on classical music all day or, like, streaming, like, listen to, like, radio is good because, like, honestly, um, I, I think things that are live that are being shared with others, even if you're not necessarily knowing what they have to say about it or knowing, you know, their thoughts and feelings on it, you're still kind of sharing that experience with other people. When you listen to a live radio broadcast or you're watching live television, there are other people kind of doing the same thing at the same time. And uh, little things like that, I don't think should be totally uh, written off as being um, insignificant. It's, but the thing, it's always been harder for me at least to rest mentally. Physically is pretty easy. Um, but mentally, you know, even though, you know, I look like I'm at rest, <laughs> I almost never am. You know, my, my brain, yeah, I have a hard time shutting my brain off. And so stuff like she's talking about TV and, and, and you know, just busy work, anything, you know. I will say I, I'm not a person that gets bored, you know. There's always something to do. I don't get bored either. I guess that makes me fortunate. Yeah. Well, here's to not being bored. Yeah, it's just, there's just yeah. way too much to do, you know? Mm -hmm. we, we've still got a lot of records to make and people to piss off. And, you know, it's good. Well, Chuck and Lisa, I appreciate y'all's time. 
Thanks for talking. I hope it was yeah. worth it. You know, um, <laughs> we tend to be kind of left to center, not maybe. And I'm well, not talking about a political thing. No, we are. Yeah, but still, nah. Eh, but that's, that's not what it. you meant. You know, no. I, I, it, um, I think that in some way, shape, or form, most of the people in Wussy, uh, one time or another in their life, especially in their young lives, were considered weird. And we've sort of kept that going. <laughs> Good. Trying to say sorry if we're too weird. Yeah, yeah, I am. I guess Be, you know I'm not ashamed of it. I have a tech writing degree. I, yeah, there I you just, go. I just she, used she it just, right there. She helped me. <laughs> she's she, she's making me. What smarter. can I say? No, but no, thanks, y'all. I don't know. <laughs> I, no, just, I appreciate I it. We're we're trying to do this uh, very conversationally, uh, so it's perfect. Right on. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> You know, and I know some of my close friends will listen to him and be like, God, you sound like a dick. And I'm like, eh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people who are still your friends are going to think you're much of a dick <laughs> anymore than they do now, buddy. <laughs> oh, but I really appreciate you taking the yeah, time to talk it's, it's to us. Thanks sweet. for It's very sweet that you asked us to very do this. Cool. We appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. Well, y'all have you a see? good one. Yeah, you too. Yeah, be careful out there, you know. Um, you know, we all we all want to be able to say hello on the other side of this shit. Take Bye. care. Bye. See ya. This has been a Comfort Monk production.